This is Jam DeMatteis, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. This is Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. You are listening to episode 111. And I am one of your high priests of Conchu, Ray, taking you through this wonderful journey. But with me, I do have a special guest co-host. He's, again, no stranger to the show, uh, very familiar with the microphone in front of him. I'd like to welcome Josh Geronimo Johnson. Josh, how are you going? I'm doing good, man. How's it going? Yeah, good, good. It's great to have you on board here. Uh, we did speak about this a while ago, um, and it and it's kind of bodes well for what's coming up with the Moon Knight annual uh, Acts of Evil. So for loony listeners who are totally unaware of what I am talking about, <laughs> Josh and I, uh, we, you know, we were talking about earlier of doing an Acts of Vengeance kind of overview um, to include the Moon Knight issues, of course, but it's such a, a massive event, uh, we thought would give a um, a bit of a, a primer for those that are unaware of the uh, the event which occurred. Uh, when was it about eighty nine, Josh? Uh, late eighties? Uh, uh, I think it was nineteen ninety. Okay, so right into the nineties. Yeah. Uh, still got very much uh, to me. Still very much got a bit of an eighties vibe. Um, I'm not sure right. about yourself. Uh, jo- Josh is again for those who don't know as well. He um, he has come onto the show every now and again. We kind of consider you, Josh, as a bit of a a Moon Knight historian uh, in senses. <laughs> uh, Josh, uh, very well versed with a lot of the 80s. kind of. I mean, that, that's a lot of the stuff that we covered with you, right? Um, West Coast Avengers, yeah. Yeah, yeah like 80, 80s Marvel is like my favorite era of comics, and that's a lot of what I collect and read. So yeah. that's that's why whenever you guys have something come up for this kind of time period, it's always like, hey... I'm available if you need a, if you need a guest host on it. <laughs> oh, it's really good to have you on as well because you obviously know your stuff and um and I think it's fair to say 80s and um do you, do you go any earlier than that as well Josh? Do you go 70s or Oh, 60s? I do. Yep. I kind of like when I like buy like like add to my collection, usually it's just whatever I find, like if I find something like from the like in like a quarter but box or a dollar box it's like oh this is from like the 70s it's just random 70s avengers yeah issue. I'll, I'll grab it just because why not okay no true i mean i guess because the 70s 80s i mean each decade really is a, a distinct has a distinct kind of style during that time and um for those i don't know for loonies who i mean older loonies or seasoned you know comic Fans would know how different, say, an 80s comic is to, say, today's comic. So um, it's good to have someone that's really got a vested interest in, in that particular era. And so we're happy to have Josh Geronimo Johnson with us. We're going through, we're going to go through Looney's, we're going to go through the Acts of Vengeance. Um, basically, what it means, uh, I'm going to lean on, on you here, Josh, because I know you've done a lot of work, a lot of research into it. And yep. then we're. <laughs> And then we're gonna uh, we're gonna kind of go through the the Moon Knight Acts of Vengeance issues. Now we kind of covered a little bit of it, um, Josh, 
uh, previously with um, we did a midnight special, a spotlight on midnight. One of the right. few episodes that we've done that spotlights a particular character, and so we see midnight in. Well, actually, only one of the three issues that we're going to cover for Moon Knight, right? So, um, but it is important to know, and we'll get into it as well, uh, how it references his previous appearance, what it means in the whole Moon Knight canon. But um, no, we're looking looking forward to that. And Josh, you've, um, you know, just off the top of your head, uh, there's so many Acts of Vengeance uh, like tie-ins. What would your favourite be? Uh, that's tough. Because yeah. I, 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 I write, because I, I said it before, yeah, I, did, I write all. Of it. I think it's like sixty some issues. It's a massive amount. <laughs> Jeez. Right. Um, now there's two because you have like your, I guess like your flagship ones. Because if you if you look on the covers of them, sometimes they have uh, like a big Axe of Vengeance banner across the top, mm-hmm. and then the ones like our Moon Knight ones that are more like tie-ins, they have it just in the corner. Yes. So, yeah, oh, that's say, a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yep. So most of your ones that have like the banner on it for the most part are probably your most your more important ones and your better ones to be honest. Okay. Um, when it comes to the tie-ins, I actually think that the Moon Knight ones are the better, like some of the better ones. They um, are. We'll get into it. There, there are a few. I mean, there's one. There's a, there's a, a particular gripe I have with it, but um, <laughs> you know, nothing against Moon Knight. But we'll get to it. Uh, look, I'm just pulling up your... Um, so Josh has prepared, actually, a, a breakdown. So I'm just going through your spreadsheet here, Josh. Um, so, yeah, so you mentioned the big ones had, uh, which had the banner across the top of it. Um, what, which one of them would you classify as, like, your favourite? Um, that's tough. Um, there are a lot of really good... I know you're a Spider-Man yeah. fan. There are a lot of really good Spider-Man ones. Uh, I actually think that there's almost the Spider-Man ones are pretty bad, to be honest. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would say, um, I think, like, the Avengers ones are pro- probably the best, and there's a really cool, and I, if I had to pick my favorite moment, it's at, in Captain America 367, I think it is. Okay. Um, yeah, that's Ooh. probably my favorite one, because it has, you know, it's Captain America, it's, you have... Uh, like Magneto and Red Skull are there's they've been sort of team not teamed up but on the same like committee if that mm-hmm. makes sense and yeah at this point when it, when they realize that their whole plan isn't working Magneto who is a Holocaust survivor turns mm-hmm. against Red Skull who you know is a Nazi oh right that's pretty cool chases him yeah he chases him down and throws him into a like a hidden bomb shelter and then like caves the roof in on it like to leave him to die so wow. that's probably that's probably one of my favorites right this whole thing i mean it's there's a lot at stake there you're talking about the main players there um and and you know granted you said that the banner is is more of the like important issues um because yeah i mean if you look at the moon knight one it's so tangential to the whole event right it, it's almost just a, like a tack on um and uh, yeah, anyway, again, I was about to say we'll get through it, but I'm just going to drop it now. Like the the opponents that he fights, like I don't know why Chuck Dixon picked them. Um, they were really terrible in my in my eyes. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, you've got a chance here to pit Moon Knight against anyone. Like you know, any non Moon Knight 
villain and we get these like Z graders anyway um yeah <laughs> it was uh, uh but i still enjoyed it anyway so uh okay so the captain america one for you that's i have not read that one that sounds really cool um uh and you mentioned the moon knight ones for tie-in is your is your kind of favorite uh like lesser lesser ones uh look i think we talk, talked about this before josh i love the uh the thor and juggernaut one that was one of the first comics I think I actually picked up as well, and it was a doozy. Uh, so I was very happy to to get that. I love you know massive fight, Titan versus Titan. You can't go any any better than that. Uh, just going going through your list because a lot of this uh, is kind of like jogging my memory, taking me down memory lane. Um, I remember the Web of Spider Man's. I love them with Graviton Goliath, um, <clears throat> Incredible Hulk was a good one with Freedom Force, uh, Dale Kean and Peter David. Uh, did oh, one. Yeah. Very funny. I mean, it, it's always kind of funny with Peter David. I love the bit where Hulk uh, grabs the blob's gut and he just stretches it back because oh, he goes, yeah. oh, you can't move, huh? And and Fred Jukes is going, no, this is not how my power works. And he can't take it. He jumps up and then Hulk just, like, punches the hell out of him. Uh, yeah, there's some really fun ones. The I think I mentioned to you the Punisher Doom one. I can't remember that. I remember I've got it but I can't remember the story. Um, but that kind of stuck in my mind. And the Quasar one is pretty good, I thought, with um, with uh, Absorbing Man. But anyway, Loonies, for those who don't know about Acts of Vengeance, you're probably wondering what the hell we're talking about. So, Josh, I'd like to um, put it to you to maybe describe what this whole event is all about. All right. So, yeah, so this takes place in 1990s, so... Uh, Marvel decided to because the past like three years they did like X Men related like events. Like, they still did events back in the day, mm-hmm. and it's not a million times. Like they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, just na- now everybody's sick of it. But um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so they decided to do something a little different that incorporated a lot of uh, characters in the Marvel universe. So they mm-hmm. decided to um, pit various villains against different heroes, not the ones that they usually fight. Mm-hmm. So. The basis sort of is that Loki gets uh, like a cabal of like the top-notch villains, which include, let's see, Magneto, Red Skull, Kingpin, Doctor Doom, the Mandarin, and the Wizard. Mm-hmm. And they are, and he's like, oh yeah, we're gonna, we're going to like swap villains, and because they're not used to like Spider-Man, probably has never fought Magneto, so Magneto should be able to kick his ass that's that yeah. I, I assume that was the pitch but yeah. when you when you sort of read it all it's sort of like well these seven guys oh and and those six villains they don't know that loki is like they, they don't know that loki's loki he, they think yeah. that he's just like a little like servant who's sort of got to getting stuff together um yeah but it, it, it in reality it's like the six of them sit in a boardroom and they and they like commission other villains to go after the heroes first, yes. which which is kind of dumb. And then once none of them, none of those minor villains work out, maybe some of the bigger ones will go after the other the other heroes. Some do, some don't, and they all but they all end up getting defeated anyways. So yeah, it it, it was a good concept. But the execution was not done very well, for the most yeah. part. Yeah, it's a pretty hard thing, I guess, to try and rein in. Like, and um, 
look, I'm just being the devil's advocate here as well. I mean, uh, the way I understand the Marvel offices work as well, you have basically they work like different departments. Like, say you have a Spider-Man team with its own editor, you have the X-Men with their own editor and creative staff and, and Avengers and, and all that. And uh, mm. to actually pull this massive event, uh, and this is massive. To me, I think it's still more widespread than even if you look at the the biggest events lately, uh, not including Secret Wars, uh, it, it tries to include absolutely everyone and tries to tie it in all together. And I'd imagine that'd be pretty hard to do and to keep continuity because back in that those days, I think they were a lot more attuned to trying to have things um, be in continuity, you know, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, today, like, you can have a Doctor Strange book doing one thing, he's in hell, and then you have him in the Avengers book, he's just all of a sudden, you know, he's in New York. Uh, so yeah. they're very loose with continuity. But, yeah, um, yeah, I'd agree as well, Josh. I mean, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad stuff in it, but I reckon it would be hard to actually pull off. Um, and you having read it holistically, I guess you get a better eye, a better perspective with all that. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I, I totally jumped ahead here, Josh. I totally, I was, um, I was thinking maybe, <laughs> maybe I should do some funky edit at the end. But um, look, I'm going to backtrack, and we, uh, before we get into acts of vengeance, so there's a little, there's a little taste for you, loonies. <laughs> what is about? We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get into the meat and bones of it. But we just got a, a bit of, a bit of white noise, a bit of news first, Josh. I just wanted to uh, put to you because you know it's a very exciting time. Um, being a Moon Knight fan, uh, there's a lot of buzz going around. Our group has been fantastic. It's been growing heaps, uh, a lot of new people. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's been so much activity in that new group. There's new posts, like there must be a dozen <laughs> new posts every day now. Yeah, which is um, which is really really cool to see. Uh, and anyway, I, I thought I'd give you, I th- throw your way, Josh, a few hot topics. Okay, that have kind of cropped up in the group and have kind of caused a little bit of a little bit of a, a ripple in the uh, in the moonlight water <laughs> so um, first of all uh, and, and look by all means loonies everyone is entitled to their own opinions and that's fine as well uh, and look as long as we conduct ourselves really well in the group and respect each other that's fantastic that's great um, yeah and, and you can voice your opinions um, but Josh the first bit of news uh, so Disney have confirmed that they won't be doing an R-rated or any any R-rated shows on Disney Plus. Now this kind of ruffled some feathers because, uh, you know, Moon Knight, um, yeah, associated with violence. What's your take on this? Are you are you happy or sad at this news? Uh, see, to me, it doesn't really matter because really, there's only one real R-rated moment in Moon Knight's history, mm-hmm. and that's what mm-hmm. everyone's sort of flipping out about. You, you don't like he. Okay, so he cut off Bushman's face. I haven't one time in the yep. 40, almost 50 years of his history. Yep. So I, I don't think it's that big. Plus, plus, here's the thing with me. Mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with trading off gratuitous violence because I know that we'll get him in some sort of costume with it being in, <laughs> through Disney. Yeah. Whereas if it was through Netflix where we could have the you know, gratuitous bloody violence, but he'd be yep. doing it wearing a white T-shirt and a white bandana. Yeah, so. I mean, that, 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 that is a good point. I mean, geez, we only got uh, Daredevil, really, in the Netflix shows in costume. Everyone else, like, you know, um, Iron Fist, uh, Hellcat as well, was a, the latest one. And the Punisher was sparingly using his, his um, you know, his emblem. 
so yeah, I, you're right. That's a good point. I think in Disney, we're kind of safe in the knowledge of knowing that we will get a comic comic booky element to it and some true adaptation of it. Um, but yeah, there's violence then, Josh. So look, I've got my own thoughts about it as well. Um, uh, but uh, so uh, apart from the the face cunning thing. Does it need to be ultra violent as well, like in in a greater sense, to make it to make it a, su- a successful film, uh, TV show? Uh, to be honest, no, not re- I don't think it needs to. Be. I mean, I mm-hmm. mean, but you can just do implied violence if you really need to, like yeah. If you need, if you need to have, if you need to be like, oh, we'll show like a little bit of blood. Just do okay. You can have the camera like pan in and just have like blood just splatter on the wall, but like yeah, but that. That would be like someone just flicking a paintbrush of red paint on. Like you can That's do it. like something yeah. implied, like and try to do like cr- something creative to get around it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think so too. I mean, look, I'm a bit a bit of everything from what you've said as well. Uh, I think it can be done without actually having to be graphically shown, of course. Um, but I think you've hit the nail on the head in that. In the what is it? Thirty, forty years, forty nearly 45-odd years of Moon Knight, uh, even the ones that we're going to be reviewing tonight, uh, you know, he's teamed up with the Punisher, yet you don't see him doing anything graphically violent or, you know, horrible. He's he's actually against it as well. There's actually one bit where he stops the Punisher going, you can't kill. So, uh, and this is, again, just one, one other aspect of Moon Knight, um, but rightly so. 2006, I think... Uh, we we were gifted with Charlie Houston's run, fantastic run, but what we got also with that is now this desire to like this is the embodiment of Moon Knight, and, and I don't I don't think it's fair to the likes of Doug Mensch and uh, and the the Mark Spector title you know the run or all the other creators to say that this is Moon Knight this is him cutting a face off this is him being hyper violent I think there's a lot more to Moon Knight than that, and you only have to look at his certain identities. Uh, you know, his supporting cast to know that you've got a lot to actually uh, conjure. You know, you've got a lot of lot to deal with, and and that you can expand upon rather than just focus on just mindless violence. Um, so yeah, kind kind of with you on that one there, Josh. Um, right. Yeah, because when I when I saw the news, which I was uh, like I was doing dishes when I saw it, because <laughs> after I was done, I went wipe my yeah. hands, checked my phone, and then I saw the I saw the announcement, and like. I, I said somebody posted when somebody posted it I I commented like I jumped up in town like my favorite team just won a sports championship <laughs> but then I went on to look in like the comment section of mm. all those on like Facebook and Instagram which those are they're like the wild west because half of it yep. now is all just people bitching about Spider-Man coming back which that's a whole other thing oh, but, yeah, um, yeah. but um but yeah, yeah I saw numerous comments of people saying like uh Oh yeah, like family friendly Moon Knight. No thanks. Well, you know. Yeah. So it's it's just like, like you've clearly only heard of him, or maybe read like one run, or her, or yeah, or just heard of the whole face cutting off thing, and now you're of mm. course have to go on Facebook and you know bitch yeah. about it. I mean, it's also as well. It, it's not like 
if it's not R rated, it's not gonna it's gonna be the complete polar opposite. It's not gonna be like a G rating, you know. Yeah. If it's not, so it's not like it's not like it's gonna become like roses and kisses and and rainbows and stuff. It's not. Yeah, you know, you can still do a fantastic PG thirteen in Australia. I think it's called it's called uh, M plus, um, or it might it might even be M A plus. Uh, and there's a certain level that you can. Uh, you can get away with, but also as well, I think, and I think I've said this as well before, um, when did this problem start? It started when, you know, Deadpool paved the way by having an R-rated, you know, film. Uh, Before that, no one was ever really kind of, you know, um, kind of, no one was ever like really focusing too much on the ratings. Like, you know, it didn't really matter. What mattered was good writing, good acting, good production. I mean that's that's what will get you a good TV show or movie. But anyway, <laughs> I don't want to go too much on about it. Um, and look, a shout out also as well. Like we've got, you know, we really enjoy all the loonies over there as well. Um, one of the long time loonies, Looney Daryl, as well. I want to shout out him, um, Daryl. Uh, totally validate your opinion as well. Uh, everyone's each of their own. You actually, Daryl actually said he actually said he doesn't think it will be a bad show. He's just saying that it wouldn't reach its potential. Um, by not having an R rating. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think, re- just re- real quickly, I think, yeah. um, wait, with, I think, yeah, we should just be happy that he is getting a show. Like, but the thing is, with with these new properties that they're coming out, like, because the first batch is all, is all, like, repeat characters that have already mm-hmm. appeared in the movies, now they're getting a show. But yeah. with these three new ones, with Moon Knight, She-Hulk, and Ms. Marvel, they have the potential to go like after their shows to go into movies. So maybe we'll see what they do with the, with the show. And then if it gets enough traction and stuff, maybe they could end up putting out a movie, but have that be R rated. Yeah. Very slim chance, but there is that chance. Yeah, there is a chance exactly as well. And if, you know, again, this is all speculate speculation. If Moon Knight finds himself in the, you know, just an appearance in the Blade movie, for instance. And if Blade gets gets a heavy rating because, you know, he's fighting vampires, a lot of gore, gore graphic, you know, violence, uh, then there you go. Yeah, happy days. Moon Knight in that R-rated kind of, you know, adventure. So, uh, anyway, um, we are way, way off. Yeah, we, 2021 is when the when the show comes out. So, plenty of time to spectolate. Uh, plenty of time to, you know... Drop your opinions in, I'm sure. Uh, Josh, the next one here, uh, not to do with the show. It is a, a Moon Knight series. It was kind of hinted upon. Uh, a couple of the loonies posted this up. Uh, he will return in December with a new comic book series, which I'm absolutely excited about. It's not that long to go. Uh, and he'll return in an unexpected way. Now, Josh, any ideas what this could mean? Um the, the the main go to is obviously Jason Aaron, mm-hmm. um, but um, unexpected. I mean that means that could mean coming cos- coming via a cosmic route or uh, I, don't, I don't I don't know because you tend to think that Jason Aaron's um, little hints are the are the thing that we're all expecting. So I guess yeah. the question is, what would it be? I know I, I have no idea. <laughs> uh yeah it's it's gonna be an interesting one um yeah look I, i'm 
the only other thing I can think of, I mean, in October he appears in Contagion. Um, that's a five-issue event in five weeks. I don't even know if that will give up anything. Uh, there's that cosmic thing coming up. Uh, in Is it Incoming, I think, Josh, it's called? Um, I hope I got that right. And there's this uh, mysterious figure um, in silhouette as to who that is. And apparently that will set up all the events in 2020. Uh, I doubt it's Moon Knight. Um, I think the the safe bet is it's. I've heard it's Hulkling potentially um, because he's. Do you, do you know Hulkling? I only know of him because of his role in Civil War. That's the only thing okay. I know him for. Yeah, I don't know him too much as well. I, I know he's a partner with of Wiccan, and I think he's part Skrull or something. So yeah. there, there's some cosmic care. But yeah, um, okay. Well, Moon Knight. It's it's a pretty hard one to kind of figure out uh maybe actually i don't know maybe this adventure in the punisher um rosenberg's punisher might reveal something uh we'll just have to wait yeah. and see or maybe the annual with kang might maybe oh, that's yeah. it oh maybe. you know what maybe he gets like this is actually kind of cool save because you know um kang is has deal with time travel and stuff mm-hmm. maybe like moon Knight gets stuck at a different point in time and that's what yeah. oh you know what Oh, I think I figured it out. Yeah. So you know there's this big push going on with 2099? Oh, yeah. Maybe oh. the current day oh. Moon Knight gets, gets sent to 2099 and he's stuck there. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a take if ever I heard one. That's actually pretty cool because they are. That's a big event coming up, isn't it, 2099? Yes. Yep. All right. Okay, let's go with that. Let's log that in in the ITK <laughs> podcast you heard it here first loonies <laughs> from josh if josh is right freaking hell we'll, we'll all get him a beer that's a, <laughs> that's that's fantastic i like it i like it uh okay well that's that's a good that's a good way to kind of leave that one hanging and the last one josh okay this is a bit of this might be a bit a bit of a dead duck in the water um just because it's just too early yeah. um sheer beloof as moon knight this has come out from a look I put up my hand, you know, guilty as charged, my bad. I got it from a an unreputable site, apparently clickbait worthy. Um, yeah, but apparently rumours that he's been courted to uh, to take the role as Moon Knight. Uh, two things, Josh. Number one, can you see him do it? Number two, how credible do you think this is? Um, I'm going to say I don't think I can see him doing it, and I don't think that's credible at all. <laughs> <laughs> but Yeah. Yeah, he's not my pick. Uh, I don't think... Uh, but, you know, he's a good actor, I think. Um, I haven't seen him in that much, but... Uh, you well, know, I know he's, he's had got... a lot of craziness in his, in his like, non-professional, or I guess even part of his professional right, life. So, I don't know, maybe it could work, but I... Like, well, like I said, the last time I was on, I don't like fan casting. I mean, I yeah, yeah, fan casting, it's, it's rumors, but... Um, I kind of hope they just go with somebody who's not as well-known, to be honest. Yep. Yeah, true. I um, Look, this is just just because it's I've watched it. Uh, I just got off watching. I've just started watching Mindhunter. I don't know if you've heard of that show, Josh. No. Uh, it's on Netflix. I've never heard of it before in my life as well, but my partner, Eve, just said, look, let's give this a go. Really cool. Um, I won't get into it. It's just about crime and, and, and uh, criminal psychology. Anyway, the lead guy in that, Jonathan Groff, I think. I think he'd play, he'd play a pretty good Moon Knight. Um, so, I don't know. I might post it up on uh, on the group. Just let us know what you think. Looney's, um, you know, he's got that kind of 
I don't know. He, I think he can play Stephen Grant, maybe play Jake Lockley. Definitely can play Mark Spector. So yeah, uh, but Sheer, cool. yeah, I, I I agree with you, Josh. I think it's it's way too early anyway, and yeah, it wouldn't be my pick. Um, Sheer or Keanu, Josh? If you had the choice, who would it be? Well, I'm going to say something that people are going to probably get mad at me about. Yeah. I've never seen Keanu Reeves act in anything. <gasps> so I have really? no idea. So, yeah, so I... What the? I, I, no, I may have seen The Matrix, like, way back in, like, 2000, 2001, but I have no memory of it. And other than that, I've never seen uh, it in anything cause else. Because you, you were in The Matrix, that's why, Josh. <laughs> you <have> to, <laughs> well, because uh, I, I would have only yeah. been, like... Let's see. I want to have been like eight or nine when it came out. So I'm oh, sure I think okay. I had a, f- a friend who was like a couple years old and be like, yo, watch this. Like watch all this like slow motion stuff and all this crazy yeah. action. Like I sort of remember that, but oh, I think, that, was, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I think, I think you'd love it, Josh. Uh, give, you should give it a, give it a watch, especially since they're, they're doing a, um, a sequel to the matrix. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, watch the first one. The first one is fantastic. So um, I don't know how it holds up. Like now, it might be severely dated, but yeah, it's really good. Um, oh, wow, so you haven't seen any Keanu stuff? Not even nope. Bill and Ted's? Nope. No, oh. that's in that. I have this. Uh, I have this thing where, like, I think m- pretty much most movies from like the eighties and nineties, like, I just hate just because that most of them are made like, or at least like comedies and stuff like that. Like, they made purposely like stupid. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like now, my wife, she's she's eleven years older than I am, so she like grew up on that kind of stuff. And she's like, yeah. oh, well, um, uh, what's one? I like National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh, I love yeah. it. I'm like, oh, I hate it. I hate it really? so much. <laughs> so like, it is most, so cool. It so is so good. Kind of, yeah, most yeah. kind of movies like that. Like I'm just like, ah, uh, no. Uh, I know, okay. I, I know Bill and Ted's is sort of like, uh, sort of kind of similar, like a goofy. Kind of yeah, thing. I'm like no, no thanks. <laughs> I I know what you mean. That goof, the goof, it's 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 on its sleeve. The goofiness is on its sleeve. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, I don't know. I guess I guess if you grow up with that sort of stuff, uh, you have a different yeah different version of it. But yeah, no, no I I think that's that stuff yeah, is funny. It, it's fine because then for her, she mm. like I, I I I can watch like Pokemon, and she's like, "What are you watching? Why are you watching this stupid <laughs> thing?" It's like I loved it when I was you know. Yeah. Seven or eight. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, again, so, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Pokemon kind of flew over my head, but yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Differences. Uh, all right. Well, I mean that that is the news. Uh, the three big points there. Three big talking points in our group. Um, so yeah, let us know what you think. Drop drop us your thoughts and opinions on them in the group. Uh, we'd love to hear it, and it certainly does generate some discussion. So, uh, and, and but. This will yep. be a, a con- the show will be a conversation like piece yeah. in the group till the end of time now. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, we should be shock jocks. That'd be cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, just before we go into the break and get into the acts of vengeance, Josh. Although we did give a bit of a, an overview, uh, just a bit of a spectacle. So actually, also I'd like to give a shout out our fellow collective podcast, um, Capes and Lunatic Sidekicks. Uh, their show, Ultimate Spidercast, they're actually doing an Acts of Vengeance special as well. So a big shout-out to Phil and Lilith. They'll be covering all the Spider-Man 
um, acts of vengeance issues. And Josh, from the ones that you've got in your spreadsheet, there are a few of them. So uh, they've got their work cut out for them. But go check them out on, uh, just search for Capes and Lunatic Sidekicks or um, search for the Ultimate Spidercast. Uh, they're on Twitter, on Facebook as well. You should be able to find them in your podcast catcher. But uh, yeah, big shout out to Phil and Lilith for that. I'll be certainly listening as well because um, uh, contrary to you, Josh, I, I do have a, a nostalgic love of them. Um, although I haven't read them like lately, so they could really turn out to be really bad. Uh, I don't know. Um, also, just a couple of other shout outs, a little spectacles here. Um, there was an interview done by Cullen Bunn, which some of you may or may not have heard. It was a bonus episode. So that was an episode released just before this one. So go check it out. Uh, it's, um, conducted by, again, Phil from Capes and Lunatics. He stepped in, very thankful, Phil. And, uh, and one of our own loonies, The Power of Chad. So both of those guys got to, got to speak to legendary figure, Cullen Bunn. I, I was, Bloody gutted, I wasn't able to go on there, but um, it's a really good listen, and uh, he actually enlightens um, everyone about um, the upcoming Moon Knight annual, which we'll be reviewing in a couple of weeks as well. Um, another, just a couple of final things. Um, I do make a guest uh, a guest spot appearance in the Quantum Zone. Uh, it's a podcast about Quasar. Yeah, believe it or not, yeah, he's one of my one of my fave characters as well on the cosmic side of things. Uh, again, this is a Capes and Lunatic Sidekicks podcast. Uh, so I had fun time with Phil, Will, and Matt on that. That was a, a lot of fun. We do the What If issue 25. And finally, it should have dropped um, not that long ago. Um, so when this podcast comes out, it should have dropped just yesterday. Uh, it's another Signal of Doom episode with David Finn. I, I jump in there as well, and I have a good old chat with Dave about comics and pop culture news. It's a lot of fun. Episode 129, go check it out. Anyway, Josh, yeah, uh, that's, uh, yeah, there was a, sorry. Real quick, if I can, uh, if I can, yeah, of course. If I can uh, just, just say so, yeah. So, well, actually, the last time I was on, I was actually mm-hmm. talking to you about possibly starting up my own podcast. And yes. I actually follow through with it. And I actually I record the first two episodes of my own podcast, which is oh. called, uh, Panels of War, which is a Fantastic. little play. It's a little play on the like the the Annals of War, which is like oh, mm-hmm. you know, the history and history of war for blah blah. blah. Um, but yeah, so I have recorded. I haven't released them yet because I'm still trying mm-hmm. to figure out some stuff, and I might have actually have a couple questions for you after after yeah, yeah, recording. Sure. That's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I've recorded my first two episodes of that and i have them all have them all edited i just have to release them yet and oh. so so i've gone through the uh my reading record or thing i was reading the last time um mm-hmm. garth ennis's war stories mm-hmm. of i've done the first two parts of his the three-parter castles in the sky story so cool so if you if anyone is interested in that keep 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 a lookout for it, or I can I I do have a Facebook page already made for it. If anyone wants to go to it, just Panels of War podcast. Okay, yeah, so, for sure. We'll definitely add this in the show notes as well. So just check out the link in in this episode, and that will take you to Josh's Facebook page on Panels of War. That's awesome, Josh. Um, that's cool stuff. Uh, I'm I'm definitely going to be listening to that when it's released as well. Um, I know. I think when we interviewed Jason Burroughs, he he enjoyed um, some kind of some war comics as well. So <laughs> he, we'll hit Jason Burroughs up. <laughs> Give him a, <laughs> which, a listen. Which speaking of which, uh, this 
can sort of fall into like the the news a little bit too. If anyone saw, I posted in the group. Um, but the upcoming um, yes, uh, what sort of like ads? Jason Burroughs yeah. is finally doing some more uh, some more Marvel stuff, and he's doing with Garth Ennis. Go figure. Yes. Uh, for Punisher Soviet, which I'm, I'm and- actually get picked that one up. I'm going to pick it up as well. I mean, a uh, big fan of Jason Burroughs, very nice bloke as well. And uh, Looney's, I don't know, long-time listeners would have remembered Josh. So he, Jason actually dropped that as a bit of a scoop all the way back in episode 50. <laughs> he said that he was working on a Marvel title. And I asked him like um, just a couple of weeks ago, I said, Jason, uh, was this what you were alluding to in that episode ages ago? He goes, yeah, yeah, it took a while, but um, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we thought it was going to be a Daredevil title. We thought it was going to be a Blade title, but no, it's a Punisher one, which is just as good. So uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, Loonies, far out. Panels of War, that's going to be cool. Um, alrighty, well, we are going to take a short break. We're going to hear from a couple of our collective fellow collective members uh when we come back we'll get into this axe of vengeance event catch you soon i am connor from the house of l and i am ray from the house of zod we are two of the many many survivors of krypton's destruction and we have made our home in australia and dare i say have become australians for better or worse but we have also decided to read Superman comics, uh, read Superman books, watch Superman shows, cartoons, movies, basically everything Superman, and from an Australian perspective as well. Whether you're a seasoned fan, like me, or whether you are coming in fresh, wide-eyed, and wanting to learn more like me, then this podcast is for you. Join us for our bi-weekly adventures available on all good podcast catches. So just search for Last Sons of Krypton. A Superman podcast will be coming to you from Australia or some cosmic dimension, wherever we are that week. Up, 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 up and, and away. away! Hi, this is Dave. And I'm Stu, and we're from the Signal of Doom. We're proud members of the collective, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 111, legs 11, plus a walking stick. And uh, and I'm here with co-host Josh Geronimo Johnson. We're here to unpack for you the massive 1990 event, Acts of Vengeance. Um, we've kind of started a little. I got too excited, Josh. We, we went straight into it. Then I had to kind of put a pin in it, so so to speak. <laughs> And, uh, and yeah, we had to backtrack to do a bit of news, but we're here now. So, uh, Josh, as you mentioned, this is, was an event to get all the big, um, all the big kahunas together, trying to kind of mix things up a little, try to discombobulate the heroes. Um, one of the questions I, uh, I was going to ask you, Josh, um, I can't actually, I can't actually remember if I already, <laughs> already asked it, uh, but so I'll ask it again, um. So you're mentioning so these bigwigs, Magneto, 
uh, Mandarin, Red Skull, all kind of being manipulated by Loki, right? And then during the Moon Knight issue with Killer Shrike and Ringer and Coach Whip, he talks about the city um, and the other ones, talking about the city being um, in chaos because of all these superheroes doing stuff. Um, so what... Do you know what exactly happened? Did, did all the fights, did they all get taken out onto the street in public, which caused this whole thing? Because um, my impression was that it didn't. Like I thought they were all in different places here and there. But um, I, I didn't... Was there any comic that actually encapsulated this? Like, Was there a big throwdown in the city of New York? Uh, well... So if we, if we refer to my little spreadsheet here, I have pretty mm-hmm. much where the place of each like issue takes place. A lot of it is just yeah, just in just general New York. It's not unless it's like specifically stated like some of them. It's like okay, like the Cap Captain America three sixty five was at mm-hmm. the Statue of Liberty. Like Fantastic Four three thirty four was at at the Baxter Building. A yeah. lot of Spider Man ones are at the Daily Bugle, but there's other ones where it's just like just it's never stated where. It's just somewhere in New York. Okay, well, did, were there a lot of references? Because you've done all the extensive reading. Um, were there uh, references in each of these issues similar to the Moon Knight ones where the public are kind of going, our city's, you know, um, you know, there are superheroes turning over cars, you know, just causing general chaos in the city? Did you get a sense of that or was it just, yeah? No, it was just a lot of them was just like, oh, well, the I need to go after a hero because that's what Kingpin, you know, paid me to do and stuff like, yeah, it's not, like I said, it's not like when you hear the concept, it sounds really good, but Mm. when you actually read it, it's just like, no, it's, it's, it's it's not like, they just go after the hero just because, and you don't really see the, uh, the interaction with the public or whatever. And even like in this one, not to get too far ahead, but, because the the Moon Knight ones were the first acts of vengeance I read. I read them a couple of years ago. That they're the only thing that I read mm-hmm. of it, you know, at first. And in here, it makes it seem like all this is happening in like mm-hmm. a day, and that's why like there's like a buildings on fire and people are like are you know afraid of people in costumes. Mm-hmm. But then they stay. But then they do say in this one that it's happened like over the course of a week. But then the Spider-Man one that says it's happened over the course of several weeks. So mm-hmm. with so I think one of the problems is because it's spread so far through so many different titles, and because there's so many people, there's so many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah, it's like it's it like sometimes it feels like it's in one day. Other times it feels like the whole thing is spread out. Like yeah. the the editors, I don't think kept it reined in as much as they should which which makes me which made me think because like i said because this is all like the whole thing is like 60 some issues which i do think is way too long mm. i think it would have served its purpose more and this kind of ties in nice because you guys just talked about the alliance attacks thing last oh, episode yes. where almost every uh, annual that came out that year tied into alliance attacks this would have been better if it would have just taken place in the annuals yeah, right. I get you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly very ambitious, isn't it? it it's just, it's amazingly, um, you know. But as you say, it, it's it seemed like it was a bit too hard to pull together. Um, were there any? I guess most of them would be the Avengers, right, and Captain America issues that actually served as 
almost the call books because there were no call books right for this event they were just all throughout um yeah, the yeah, yeah there was no there was no like acts of vengeance number one number two number mm. three it's just like i said yeah like they each had different banners where like, i think the ones that had like the big like your main issues which really you could just read the main ones and that's fine you, like yeah. you kind of get the whole crux of the story but that's like the couple avengers books are like avengers avengers west coast and avengers yeah. spotlight um I think like Captain America, Iron Man, yeah. Thor, uh, the X Men, and I think that's it for all. Oh, and Fantastic Four. Those are the, those are the eight that had like the main banners on it. Those are like your okay. your main ones, and those See, are the better uh, ones in my opinion too. For the okay, uh, which are the, what did the Fantastic Four a super adapted? Okay, I was just thinking because oh. uh, retrospectively, Josh, it, retrospectively, it would have been really hard to actually read read it in order if you know what i mean i mean the the advantage of having a core book is that you got you know x avengers number one two three four five six and at least you can use that as a, a starting off point if as you say the main banners were all those titles like going back now i mean it's easy enough during the day because you know chronologically you go through it but going back now having to go through okay which ones are which is technically the first part how do they kind of work together a lot of the stories in the fantastic four iron man captain america avengers are they concurrent events or do you have to read one to know that is sequential to the other you know what i mean yeah it's it's very confusing in that way um that's why i thought yeah i thought this act of vengeance was very broad and and i didn't know there was this differentiation that you mentioned josh until now about the banner and the little corner the little mm-hmm. dog ear at the corner uh that actually makes a lot of sense but um to go back and read it uh would be very hard to do unless you've got like a list similar to yours josh and to know okay i've got to read this one first this one for next and all that mm-hmm. um let it be known as well loonies if you are interested there was an omnibus actually released of this um i'm not sure if it had you're saying it has 60 odd issues i'm not sure an omnibus maybe it can cater to 60 issues but that's a massive amount of comics yeah yeah um, I, I think omnibuses are around 40 aren't they 40 50 um, right so well I, I think if i remember looking at it a while ago i think i think this one is mainly just the tie-in like the ones with the one in the corner not the main one so oh I the omnibus think, yeah i think so i don't remember oh, okay. to be honest okay yeah, I mean, I haven't. I'd like to get it. I've been eyeing it off um, on eBay for ages, but then you know, just yeah, they're expensive. It's <laughs> expensive, and you know, there's something else pops up that I <laughs> that I want. So, uh, so anyway, yes. Yeah, so, sorry, back on track. So we've got this uh, a synopsis event. Okay, um, now let's focus in on on Moon Knight. Now, so as you mentioned, there were three issues which covered uh, the Axe of Vengeance time uh it's moon mark specter moon knight issues eight nine and ten are largely uh well i think all three of them written by chuck dixon penciled by sal Voluto. um so i think i think for all of them um Mm -hmm. just from memory so anyway so with this so with this mayhem going around obviously um and as you said, Josh, the the Moon Knight issues have been dog-eared, so they're kind of not the the main, they're not the core kind of books. Uh, how about the the um... actually, Josh? Why don't you read the the uh, the synopsis for it to, to actually cover it all, and then we'll get into it. Okay. <clears throat> 
Moon Knight, alongside Midnight, team up with Punisher to take down Ultimatum, led by Flag Smasher. Then, while helping civilians in crisis, Moon Knight is attacked by Killer Shrike, Ringer, and Coach Whip. Killer Shrike destroys the Mooncopter and injures Frenchie, but escapes while, while Ringer and Coach Whip are defeated. <laughs> so that's pretty much it. Um, the, the three issues, 8, 9, and 10, actually issues 8 and 9 tie together. Um, so there's, there's basically two parts to this, aren't there, Josh? Um, so Moon Knight actually has a couple of acts of vengeance events. The first one, he teams up with the Punisher and he goes up against Flag Smasher and Ultimatum. And uh, in these issues, Josh, um, the, the uh, I guess the purpose of, of of Flag Smasher is that during this chaos, again, apparently there's chaos in the city, and a Flag Smasher and Ultimatum are using that as a distraction, diversion, and whilst that all happens and the superheroes are all dealing with that, they want to actually um, uh, transfer um, weapons and ammunition across to some of their puppet groups um, to bring down their... Basically, Ultimatum are, are terrorists, um, and they just want to bring the downfall of, of all the countries. Um, a very <laughs> a very ambitious uh, ideology. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah. Yeah, so, they, they, want to, they want to plunge the, the entire world, basically, in anarchy. And, and the ground yes. zero is, is New York. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very, very ambitious. So, um, anyway, so they try and do it. The Punisher's been tracking them for a long time, um, and anyway, he teams up with Moon Knight, which, uh, which I think was a really cool uh, team up. Josh, um, just before we get into that, a little side note. I looked up on Wiki here. I didn't know. I actually didn't know Ultimatum stood for something. It is a underground, liberated, totally integrated mobile <laughs> army to unite mankind. So, <laughs> uh, if you can remember that, or I'd just say, just stick to Shield, you know, yeah, just remember yeah, right. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Anyway, so just call them Ultimatum. Um, yeah. So you'd be familiar with them with uh, basically a predominantly white outfit with a white mask and black berets. Um, yeah. So they're kind of like. You know, they're kind of like AIM or Hydra. They've got a lot of goons, and they're headed by Flag Smasher. So uh, I guess talking about this issue, Josh, uh, again, we're going to go through just um, particular aspects, um, any comments on writing, the art, any themes brought up, uh, the characterizations of the characters themselves, and references to any other runs. So, uh, so Josh, yeah, um, what did you think of, I guess we can do eight and nine kind of together? Um, did you, yeah, did you enjoy it, the writing-wise? Yeah, I uh, I enjoyed this, like, these two issues better than issue number 10. Like, I feel mm -hmm. like there's an actual, like, there's an actual, like, story going on with the, yep. with them, with the Punisher, Moon Knight at Midnight, well, Midnight, sort of, um, to try to take Ultimatum down. Mm -hmm. And I think it's done pretty well. I like how, I always like these kind of, uh, like street level stories where like there's this big organization and then throughout the course of the story they just get taken down one at a time until they're pretty much defeated yeah. so that's pretty much what happens here and I, I really enjoy those kind of stories yeah it was a good story and and this is a good example of how tangential it is to actually the acts of vengeance you could you could argue the fact, Josh, as well, that it didn't actually have to be tied to Acts of Vengeance. There could have been another motivation for Flag Smasher and Ultimatum to to launder their weapons. It didn't have to do any. It didn't have anything to do with, 
you know, it was not intrinsically linked to the acts of the Mandarin or Magneto or Red Skull or Loki. It was they just used that as an excuse to, to do their stuff. So in that regard as well, just I, I enjoyed it because it was kind of like a self-contained thing, um, self-contained issue. Uh, yeah, and the main thing I thought with the writing here with Chuck Dixon, and uh, we all know Chuck Dixon, he loves the Punisher, Punisher character. Yeah. Uh, so there's no surprises that he's included him here. And he actually has a sizable role in this, uh, in these two issues. Um, a lot of the narrative is actually through the Punisher's uh, thoughts. So you get an insight, and what I thought was really interesting, you get an insight into what he thinks of Moon Knight. And there's a massive respect, isn't there, that he has for him. Yeah. Well, it's, it's actually good that you guys did the... Uh... The annual, Punisher, yeah, the annual. Yeah. Because prior to that, I, I didn't know, like, I didn't know that that was their first meeting. Mm. I haven't read that. I don't listen to your episode. But when I was reading this beforehand, well, like before the, before I listened to your last episode, I was like, like, how how does Punisher know yeah. that Mark Spector is Moon Knight? Because he he doesn't call him Moon Knight. He just refers to him as Spector. So he knows yeah. all about him. And I didn't know that they had met up in that Punisher annual beforehand. Yeah. Well, yeah, and in that Punisher annual as well, you see it that Mark reveals his... Well, his identity is not really hidden, really. Um, and in the Punisher annual, yeah, he shows his face to, to Frank, and you see it at the end of issue nine, um, you know, after he gets pulled up from the boat, he takes his mask off as well. So um, there's a very, I don't know what you call a buddy-buddy between the two, uh, and there's that kind of mutual respect that Frank has. He, he continually talks about... Um, how Moon Knight's a natural at what he does, at, at being a, like a soldier, basically, um, slash kind of ninja. I mean, he's he's, he's pretty stealthy. But uh, I liked it. And I think you had a note there, Josh, as well, that they're not fighting, which is good. It's um, yeah. just them working together. Yeah. yeah, because a lot of, in the, in the, um, what was it, the, in like the round robin prelude that we did, and then also in the Blood Brothers later on oh, in yeah. this arc both of those times they're pretty much just fighting each other like the whole time yeah and it's interesting also as well because chuck does uh morally put them at loggerheads still i mean there's that time where i think i mentioned before where the punisher wants to um shoot anarchy and kill her and moon knight's like, no no don't do that you know you don't have to kill if you don't have to and then um you know and this is one of the themes that i put in as well uh there's also this kind of parallel between the Punisher and Flag Smasher as well. Uh, this is, you know, common... This is, um, you know, not... Uh, it's been tread before with Punisher about his, his morals and his um, his modes and motivations and what he does and how it's kind of like, you know, he's an anti-hero. So that's kind of brought up again with um, with Flag Smasher because both of them, obviously want to kill anarchy certainly wants to kill um but moon knight doesn't so uh yeah they're not they're not totally aligned i think moon knight and punisher yeah i think it's just they just happen to cross paths and mm. they're just working together just to accomplish a common goal plus i'm sure i'm sure moon knight would rather have the punisher out of side to take 
uh, on Ultimatum at midnight, considering midnight is pretty useless. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of the, my points as well. Midnight doesn't really oh, he hates him, doesn't he? It's oh, point of frustrating <laughs> having him around. He goes stupid kid, like because uh, he yeah. goes missing. He doesn't meet up with uh, Frenchie at the rendezvous point. So um, yeah. Anyway, with art then. So um, did you enjoy the art, Salvaluto, uh, Josh? Yeah, I, I I did enjoy it. Like, I, I don't really have any notes for it because it just seems yeah. pretty standard for the time. But I mean, I do enjoy it. Yeah, I, I had um I had it because I'm a big fan of the Christopher Priest, uh, Black Panther run, and Sal Voluto was the artist for that a very long run. Um, I don't I'm sure I think it's about that maybe fifty or sixty just off the top of my head issues as well. It was, it was quite a long issue, but he was fantastic in that Salvaluto. Um I also believe he did that Black Panther Moon Knight crossover uh, in the Black Panther comic. Remember with Moon Knight, uh, they both fought Nightmare. Um, yeah, yeah I, th- I haven't read that one, so no, I don't. Ah, uh, okay. That one. I think at least Sal Voluto did the the covers for that. But anyway. Um, his art in this, I think, is is pretty solid. Uh, it's still very much early days, you can see as well. I mean, he has improved a lot uh, since then. And by the time he was at Black Panther, it was like, like you know, um, chalk and cheese, his art. But still serviceable, I think. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the faces are good, so. I think my favorite panel in, in these three issues is the start of issue number uh, nine, where mm-hmm. the uh, you have these little hoodlums, they're going through the oh, cemetery, yes. yep. and they're like spray painting the like mausoleum, and then they look up, yep. or if his Moon Knight says something, and he's standing on top of the the yep. mausoleum, he's crouched up, and he has his arms up, and he's like boo, and he scares them, and yes. they like I think that's probably the best like panel and splash page in the entire in the entire. Uh, I, I totally agree as well. I uh, I made a snapshot of that. When I read that, because I was so impressed with it, so uh, you know, I might I might throw that into the group somewhere because it's it's pretty cool. I just noticed Josh, one of the criminals, he's got an he's got an Egyptian ankh as a an earring. In oh that. yeah, yeah. So cool. I don't know, maybe just a little bit of a, a little bit of a in joke or something. I don't know, a bit of an Egyptian reference there. So uh, yeah, so the arts, I think the arts very good. Um, yeah, there's nothing really to. Uh, it reminds me a lot of Tom Palmer. Um, and, oh, yeah. uh, God, who's the other guy? I think it's Paul Ryan was the Avengers, uh, artist yeah. around this time as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Cool. Um, themes, Josh. So themes from these two, from this, this arc, which is basically the Punisher flag smasher arc. Um, anything there? Uh, I just have, uh, patience, like mm-hmm. in regards to Jeff, um, cause we, we actually talked about this in our, our midnight episode, but mm-hmm. um, in this one, like at the start of the arc, Moon Knight and uh, Midnight are going to they're, they're observing one of Mark's uh, his company holdings, and mm-hmm. basically Midnight is sort of luring the tropes that most of the superheroing is a lot of waiting, waiting around for something to happen. Yeah, and of course, Midnight's like, "Oh, this sucks! I want to be out there punching people and stuff. This is boring." And yeah. then something does happen. Like then you have the car that car shit the cops chasing that one car of hoodlums, mm-hmm. like the ultimatum hoodlums. And then Jeff is like, "All right, let's go!" And the, and then he just goes and like chases after him and crashes into the 
the ultimatum, like hideout. And so he, he's not patient and he's not willing to learn. He just wants to go out and fight and doesn't yeah. care about the consequences. Yeah, he's, he's very much a stereotypical kind of, you know, fresh, uh, wet behind the ears kind of sidekick. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's funny to see. And it, I like the um, the idea that, you know, he was very impatient and then you hear that Frank has been there waiting three days, I think, um, staking out the area. So he's he knows what he's doing. You know, he's got patience. Um, very, very different uh, ends of the spectrum for Midnight and, and Moon Knight. I, I had a note as well about um, this dynamic between Moon Knight and Midnight. Um, so you see, you, you do really see how annoyed Moon Knight is at having him around and how Midnight is more of a, like a hindrance to him. And... Right. Uh, and anyway, this this obviously plays on. So, if we're talking about um, underlying tones, this will feed into later on with the eventual, I guess, resentment of Midnight um, towards Moon Knight. Um, when Mark's away in the the trial of Mark Spector, we see um, Midnight takes over his costume from a costume store, <laughs> just gets <laughs> yeah. a Moon Knight costume, and uh, and he parades as Moon Knight. We see in the Round Robin. Um, very resentful towards Moon Knight as well. So, um, and that was funny as well. That ran Robin. Um, didn't Moon Knight at the end say, "Oh, well, I didn't really like him anyway." <laughs> you know, um, when he when he died. No, I think he's. I think I think his words are. I've read that so many times. I think I have like yeah. a memory. Was like, I just never <laughs> thought he would go bad. So. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. So I mean, so anyway, so I guess this is very consistent with um, the. What do you call it? It's a the subplot of of Moon Knight and Midnight as as right. they go and yeah, Midnight does uh, continue. He, he gets better, um, but yeah, the relationship is never kind of they never see really eye to eye in that. Yeah, um, yeah. With uh, so with characterization, I guess that feeds into Josh Midnight's impatience about crime fighting. You mentioned. Uh, and we talked about how Moon Knight and the Punisher—they they actually they work well together. Um, you, uh, you're talking about the kids in the cemetery. Funny, but we that was a bit of a weird one from from Mark. Um, you know, just playing yeah. silly buggers. I don't. I know. think it's. I think. It, I mean, it makes sense because, like, they're sitting there because they're staking out the ultimatum warehouse, yeah. and they're trying and. You don't need those stupid kids. A, they're vandalizing greys, which is fucked up to begin with. But B, it's like, do we really need them in the way? And I think it's just, it is funny because also it, Moon Knight wears that white, so he sort of looks like a ghost. It's sort of yeah. like that Scooby-Doo kind of moment. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I do, it, it is, I think it's funny. I like it, but it is also weird coming from Moon Knight. But <laughs> It is. A little bit of levity, I guess. It's, uh, yeah, a nice opener there from Chuck Dixon. Um yeah, so we also uh, so we also mentioned already characterizations. I think I mentioned earlier about how Moon Knight is not a killer here. He's pretty much in the same mold as as a lot of the superheroes because he he goes up against Punisher saying no, no, you know, don't kill. Um, that's not the right thing. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, okay, Josh, I'm going to be a little nerdy here. And the next few points I've got are characterization, very <laughs> geeky. Okay, I've really kind of nitpicked this. Uh, <laughs> So, we're here in issues eight and nine, right? Uh, I think he mentions to the Punisher, or the Punisher mentions it to him, something along the lines of um, 
you know, there are super villains out and about. There are heavies going around, and they're way out of our league, you know. Um, also, later on in issue 10 as well, Moon Knight is, um, is not too keen to take on people who are super-powered. Or he mentions, I guess, uh, Killer Shrike flying. He goes, oh, I hate hate people who fly, you know. Right. Um, this is, I think, against a lot of the, the Doug Mensch Moon Knight, what he set up, and uh, some of Moon Knight today even. If you, if you look at the Moon Knight annual with Kang versus Kang, one of the things I love about Moon Knight is that he's not afraid to actually take on um, opponents vastly um, more powerful than him. And then we see we see that with Mensch as well. Like Morpheus, for one, is a massively powerful opponent. And Moon Knight, we see in the Mench run, just kind of goes up against him, doesn't care less about that. So I found that was kind of a bit of a conflict of his characterization in, in these issues, where he's actually concerned about going up against supervillains, because right. I don't believe he, he would. I believe he'd just throw himself into it, you know? Um, so that was one point of characterization. Uh, yeah, the other point, I think I've got, just reading off the notes here, yeah, he he didn't want anarchy uh, to be shot by the punisher so he's you know his moral compass is um a lot firmer the other thing here my uh my happy point here uh so moon knight also comments on flag smasher uh and he seems to struggle against him um and he refers to him as a as quite a big fella and all that and i did a little check on wikipedia flag smasher he's six foot two and he is 235 pounds, or for Australians and Europeans, he's 107 kilos. He's a big unit, right? Um, I then checked Mark, or Moon Knight, and he is at 6 foot 2 as well. So he's the same height as this guy. And he's at 225 pounds, so 102 kilos. He's 5 kilos lighter, but not that much off, right? So... Again, I thought maybe the writers could have done their research. Uh, Moon Knight, what I guess I'm saying here is that Moon Knight is no, you know, he's no beanpole. He's he's a pretty big, he's a heavyweight boxer as yeah. well. He's a, he's a huge guy as well. So um, it kind of um, it kind of alerted me when he was struggling against Flag Smasher. Maybe Flag Smasher is just inherently stronger than him. I don't know, but right. he seemed to struggle. Anyway... Those were my points and characterizations, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking right now just because I never really picked that up. I don't know. Mm. I think maybe maybe Flag Smasher is a little more muscly, so maybe he might only be, what, five kilos more? But maybe five, that's maybe yeah. he has more muscle than Moon Knight. Five kilos of muscle more. Okay, yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, this is just a service for, you know, we had a request for, for being more detailed and in-depth. <laughs> I, I, I went for the details there. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, finally, Josh, I guess, again, for just eight and nine, um, I probably can say it for all of, you know, eight, nine, and ten, uh, references to other runs. What have we got here? Uh, obviously... <laughs> There's a reference to Acts of Vengeance, as you say, um, yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> Obviously, Just, would it be would it be okay to? Um, well, I haven't discussed it with you beforehand, but maybe your spreadsheet, um, maybe making that available on our group at some some point. Uh, oh that, yeah, I was. That's, yeah? that's part of the reason why I sort of did it because then okay, if if you can put it in like the like in the show notes or whatever. Um, yes. Yeah, that's fine. That way, people can look over it. And, oh, okay, um, fantastic. So yeah. they can sort of know because there's actually because I, I guess I should have mentioned this before and before I jumped into this, but there's actually probably about well, there's like two 
main things when people hear Acts of Vengeance that they think of, but there's actually sort of five biggish things that happen mm-hmm. that sort of affect, like, sort of like the Marvel Universe as a whole, sort of. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Do you want me to go, yeah. go, go into them now? Okay, so... Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. probably when people first hear Acts of Vengeance, the two things that people probably think of are Spider-Man getting cosmic powers and punching the mm-hmm. Hulk into space. Oh, yes. Is, oh, did he punch is, the Hulk into space? I can't yeah. remember that, but yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> cool. It's not yeah. as cool as as, it, as you think it would be. be oh, okay. But okay. everyone sort of knows it because it's like, holy crap, you know, mm-hmm. um, which... And then, but then the Hulk, the Hulk tie-in issues don't reference that at all. No, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the uh, the other the other thing most people probably know is in the Thor issues four eleven four twelve, which mm-hmm. Thor versus Juggernaut. But that's also the introduction of the New Warriors. That's their first appearance. Oh, it is too, isn't it? Yes. Yep. Right, because I'm I'm just it's ring taking bringing back memories. Yeah. Wow. So that's their first appearance. That's yeah. cool. Or well. Yeah. Well, that, and that's that's Night Thrasher's actual first appearance. The other characters they had already appeared, but this is the fir- them first all coming together as a together. Team. Yeah, yeah. Night Thrasher's getting a bit of a um, a rebirth, isn't he? He's he's coming back. Oh yeah, I'm definitely excited to read about him in the uh, that upcoming Punisher 15. Yeah, with yeah, Moon Knight be... too. Um, let's see. So okay, we got, this... we've got new warriors. We've got the cosmic powered Spidey. Yeah. Uh, um... There is so in the Avengers three eleven, uh, the Avengers Hydro base. Now, just to backtrack a little bit, in a story called Under Siege in the Avengers, mm-hmm. which is one of the best Avengers stories, uh, the mansion, the Avengers mansion, is actually destroyed wow. there. So they, the Avengers, basically take up like this. I think it's like just like an abandoned like facility that's on, on an island in the. Uh, the bay in New York Harbor, um, mm-hmm. so they take that up, and that's that, that's called the Avengers Hydro Base. Now, in Avengers three eleven, I assume it's Doom bots that are sent out to attack the to attack the base, and they end up destroying the Avengers Hydro Base, and it plummets down to the bottom of the bay. So now, again, oh. the Avengers base is destroyed because all that was there was Quasar. Peggy Carter yep. and some other Avengers employees because all the other ones are out there fighting or doing the oh, thing. Right. So, yeah, so the Avengers, they lose their base. Oh, and okay. After that, they end up getting in the, I guess, the second Avengers mansion. That's the one that's in the shape of the A, if you've ever seen that. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Yeah, so that's why they have that. So that's another big thing that happens. Oh, right, wow. Some renovations, big renovation <laughs> for, the, yeah. for the Avengers. Yeah, okay, right, I mean... I mean, for me, yeah, that big one is uh, I mean, that Spidey getting cosmic powers yeah. is such a cool thing, I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's, and, actually, there's actually two more big things, too, real quick. Oh, okay, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, to, well, this one's not really a big thing, but it's sort of... Well, it comes into play much later on, but during in the Fantastic Four... Mainly in the Fantastic Four issues, but it's sort of hinted at here and there and other issues. Um, yeah. But the Fantastic Four actually go to court and deal with it, but this is also a running thread of the Superhuman Registration Act. Which what? Really? Yeah. Well, that well, obviously that comes into play in Civil War, but yeah. yeah, this, but like the Fantastic Four issues are purely dedicated to that. Where they're, when Reed Richards is in court and talking wow. to the to Congress or whatever about the Superhuman Registration Act and why wow. it is, is it necessary? Is it not? So this is you know fifteen years on before. The, 
Yeah. War, yeah. Wow. So that's been on the cards for ages. Right. I wonder if they they just they. I mean, I wonder if that was like um, obviously done in acts of vengeance, but whether whether they kind of lifted that off, going, oh, hang on, we could run with this. Let, let's make that into like civil war, which, as many comic book fans would know, is like one of the one of the most memorable events in, in Marvel. You know, events in right. my eyes, I guess. So yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that goes all the way back. There. Well, then before that, you had like the Mutant Registration Act. It's been going on for years, for the most part. But wow. But, no, but that, but that actually, and it like the Fantastic Four issues. They don't really tie in. That the only thing that really ties them into Acts of Vengeance is well, because okay, we have to have some sort of villain show up. Like the court hearing just keeps getting interrupted by villain just showing up. But <laughs> if you just read just like the, if you just read just just those issues, it's actually really good. Just them just talking about that. Okay. About the. So that, so I really is recommend that, that one. Is that Walt Simonson? That's about his run, isn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, I believe it is. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I think I've got vision in my head. Um, I think I've got one. Some there's one where it's a green cover, right? With the I'm I'm seeing it now with the banner um, on top, and the yes. fantastic for. Uh, yeah, I think I just lifted that from my my folks' place not that long ago. Not that long ago. Yeah, okay, that's cool. One of them. Okay, yeah. cool. And then uh, the other big thing. Now, this isn't necessarily big to me because I, of all like the Marvel stuff, the ones that I just don't like at all is X Men. <laughs> oh, not really? X-Men okay. Not a, no, okay. I cannot stand the X Men. Oh, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, because I've I've got these issues and these were massive in the day. But yeah, go on. I know. But this uh, one. but in this one, this is actually when Psylocke or uh, yeah. Betsy Braddock. She yep. actually gets. This is when she gets turned into the the sexy Asian ninja. Yes, by body yes. that everyone knows her for, mm-hmm. and that's actually yeah. the work of the Mandarin. Yep, and the hand as well, right? As and well. The, so, yeah, and the hand. Yeah, yeah. So. That 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 was it. That is a big thing, isn't it? Because it, it's so weird. Because I remember when I first got that as well. That was a, a massive issue because uh, a mate of mine um, who I pit is one of the reasons why I don't like a lot of Batman stuff because he was a huge Batman fan. Anyway, I was a huge Wolverine fan. We always were kind of like comparing notes. Anyway, one of these Acts of Vengeance issues, it's the one with Wolverine um, um, cutting up Mandarin. Anyway, uh, I think it was that one. The last page, um, Psylocke is revealed and she gives him that, you know, the the psychic blade through his head. And then it looks like it just kills him. And I remember just be going, oh, what the hell? <laughs> like, and my mate was saying, he's dead. He's dead now. <laughs> I mean, we all know comics. That's not, you know, that's, they're, they're yeah. never dead. But yeah, wow. Um, so there's a, course, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of crap, but there's a lot of stuff that also um, that kind of that still. I mean, it's only yeah. recent. Only recently that Solok is now reverted back to her original uh, Caucasian appearance. Um, that happened in the hunt for Wolverine, I believe, which was just you know was last like, year. Yeah, yeah, last year, yeah, last year, yeah. So, yeah, cool, yeah. So big, big things moving and shaking um, during Acts of Vengeance. Um, alrighty, well, Josh, shall we get into? I mean, we've got just issue ten now, which is a little different. Yeah. Uh, and as you mentioned in the synopsis, basically it's it's a big fight, which is cool. Um, and but there are these random villains like and literally random like yeah. killer shrike is just tearing up police cars or something in the middle of new york 
Uh, he's got the SWAT team against him. Ringer comes out of nowhere and says, "Hey, do you want to do want to team up? We can actually go kill some ba- um, some superheroes." And then they find Coach Whip on top of a building, just like flailing around with her whips. <laughs> uh, and she says, "Yeah, let's go." And they form a little motley crew, and they team up to go against Moon Knight in in here. Um, writing Josh, did you what did you think of this issue compared to the? I mean, there are, there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Um, but what what did you make of this issue? Uh, like I said, there's some good and some bad. Like I don't, but just right off the gate, like Ringer and Coach Whip, they suck. They're bad. Like I've never heard of them yeah. beforehand, and I I've never heard of them since. And yeah. the, I don't like how it's just oh, there's another person with powers. And he's a villain. Let's just team up. And yep. yeah, like it's this doesn't make any sense. Like oh, like all and they they all come to New York or if they're not, and not if they don't already live there, just yep. to oh well, all the other you know people are, like heroes and villains are fighting. We want to get on all that action too. It's like really, yeah. wouldn't uh-huh. you? You know, I, like that's why I like the ultimatum stuff so, because they're using that as cover. Sort of these yes. guys are just like oh, I'm gonna go out and fight. It's like. At least yeah. rob a bank or something, you know. Like, I know. I <laughs> it's just silly. They're, they're just wanting attention and stuff. And actually, let me just backtrack as well. I forgot to mention. So, obviously, Acts of Vengeance, the big thing here, Josh, is that uh, heroes are fighting villains that they're not used to. And that's a whole... That's that's a big kind of gimmick in here, which makes it really cool. And that's what Acts of Evil is kind of doing. That's why we see Moon Knight will be up against Kang, villains that they will never usually come across. Anyway, so, um, Flag Smasher did my research as well. Flag Smasher is a Swiss citizen. His name's Carl Morgan Thau, and he's usually a, uh, a Captain America villain. Um, so he sense. and Ultimatum. Yep. So, uh, and also we have, um, so that Ultimatum as well, the same thing. Um, with Killer Shrike, his name's Simon Maddox. Now, on the wiki, uh, he doesn't turn up all that often. Uh, he actually goes up against Ulysses Bloodstone first, um, the monster hunter, uh, and he later then becomes uh, more of a villain for uh, the likes of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Avengers. Um, but yeah, so that's where he kind of... Co- oh, um, yeah. Then we have Beatrix Keener, a.k.a. Coach Whip. Uh, she's more of a... Uh, she had dealings with the Serpent Society, so she's very much more a Captain America villain as well uh and then with the ringer um so the ringer that we see in the issue is keith craft and as mentioned he's not the original ringer um the original ringer is named anthony davis and um let me just check here i think he is uh he later became known as strike back and uh and he is uh, i may have gotten this wrong sorry in internet why are you doing this to me? Anyway, he, um, Origin, uh, Nighthawk. Um, so actually he fought Nighthawk as well. And he's known as uh, a Spider-Man villain as well. So, um, so there you go. Just looking at his, oh yeah. And his first appearance though was in the Defenders, um, in 1977. So we're talking Defenders, we're talking, um, uh, who's that? Like you know the old school ones, I guess like Hulk and Hulk, um, Silver Surfer, Doc Strange, yeah, or Valkyrie. Yeah. 
Valkyrie, yeah. So the old school of uh, defenders. So that's where um, the original ringer came from. The the ringer that we see in Moon Knight, um, Keith Craft, he actually, I think he begins and ends in that Moon Knight run. So we actually don't know who he really fights. He's just a bit of a, a villain. Uh, so th- there you go. So they're all kind of mixed match. Most of them from Captain America, from Shield, from the Avengers. Uh, yeah. So uh, so sorry. Anyway, Josh, back to um, issue ten. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit loose, isn't it? The reason yeah. why they're there. They're just kind of. And Coach Whip, as I said, she's just on the rooftop. You know, she's just looking for trouble. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so a bit loose, a bit flimsy. Um, the story, but the fight scenes are pretty cool. What did you make of um the opening? It's a bit of a strange opening, isn't it? See that? Yeah, like that's that's what I really like about this issue. It's not the him fighting the random villains. It's mm. him sort of interacting with you know regular people, like being yeah. like sort of like you know a friendly neighborhood moon knight sort of. Very um, yeah, pretty much so. That's what I yeah. thought. Yeah. And I, yeah. but I actually I really like the opening and so the opening basically is a girl who's you know, standing on a rooftop mm. and she you know decides to jump off like to commit suicide and then he swings by and you know grabs her as she's falling and then when you know when they get back on the rooftop he talks you know like asks her what's going on why and of course like you know like most kids who have suicidal thoughts it's over something that's not Mm. Not not really warrants that to happen. It's because oh, because she's failing her, she's failing her grades. Her her, her, her grades are bad, so she's failing her college, and yeah. so she decides, oh, I'm going to commit suicide for it. And then Moonlight's oh, so you think you're, that'll make your parents happy that you're dead instead of a bad report card? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he does. He does um, pose a lot of logic to it, and and she, immediately she's kind of like, oh, yeah. Like she's I mean, immediately remorseful at what she actually was trying to do. I will say because like the, like the first two pages, like when that happens, it's good, and then when you turn the page, mm-hmm. because, yeah, because like Moon Knight's saying how oh it's not worth to kill yourself over, and then uh, and then like when you turn the page, like page three, and then he's like or page four, I guess he's like oh well, I, I take your problems any day. It's like okay, oh, yeah. Yeah. like th- now that was you just. That was a dick thing to say, and then she's like, "Oh well, sorry that I wasted your time. You know, yeah. you saved yeah. me. It's like, you, di- you know, you didn't need to say that. You could have just left it. No, you just left it be. <laughs> it kind of like that. That comment kind of stokes the fire a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Um, but I do. I will say that uh, this predates probably the other, probably similar scene that people know, but well, and maybe you know about this since you have another podcast about. But there's. A Superman issue where sort of the same similar thing happens. I don't remember which one it is. There but... is actually. Um, oh gosh, I think we reviewed it as well because we were talking about it. Um, Isn't it All Star Superman or Birthright? Yeah, one uh, of those two. It's, it is one of those. Yeah. Uh, uh, we uh, we've covered All Star. It might be All Star then. Um, I've read Birthright, but we haven't covered that on the show. It could be All Star. Yeah, there there was one, and there's there's one also in um, there's a one in Deadpool as well by the Jerry by Jerry Duggan. It's not that long ago. It was a very powerful issue, like very well written. I can't remember the um the issue for that, but um maybe I should put that as a note. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was a it was a good opener as well. Um, it kind of th- threw me a little. Uh, 
because, yeah, it, it's nothing to do with... Um, I guess it's a new story, so, it, yeah. But it, it's just, oh, this is an interesting way to open it up. Um, so, and, she yeah. actually, and that girl actually serves a purpose later on because then she's the one that... She does... She takes she do Coach Whip. Oh, she oh she does. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. She, she kept on. Um, I know she ended up with the the family that was from the fire, but and she kept on paraphrasing Moon Knight. I didn't. Um, I didn't pick that up. I... Yeah, because she blasts Coach Whip with the hose, like what Spider Man oh. does to Electro. Oh, right. Okay. Yep. Right. I missed that. I totally missed that. <laughs> I totally missed that. <laughs> Uh, hang on. Where where uh where are you looking at? He's I, I not that I don't believe you, but I uh, am I missing a page? <laughs> page twenty seven. Page twenty seven. Okay. Uh, right. Anyway, so I see Coach would fly away. Um, foul ups. So there's a. I think I'm missing a page here. I've got a digital copy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just looking at here. So there's one where Coach Whip is getting up, and she says foul ups, and he yeah, says give right. me a break. And then the next page, it's got Moon Knight racing towards Frenchie. Okay, no, you're missing a page then. Yeah. So ah, okay. Yeah. So yeah. basically, yeah. So they are. So Coach Whip, she's you know doing her whips, which um, the design I have written in, in the ARP. I'll just say now. Mm-hmm. stupidest design for whips I've ever seen because there's no design. It's just da- a dashed line. That's all it is. Yeah, they're pretty bad. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that, that's horrible. Um, yeah. But anyways, so she's, you know, whipping her stuff out and then she gets hit with a burst uh, from a fire hose. And right. Then, and then that's Lula because she's like saying, because oh, what does Moon Knight tell her? If you can't help, get out of the way. And yes. So she's yes. like, I'm going to do that. And yeah, so, so, so just like an Amazing Spider-Man 2, the hose is you uh, yeah a, a stream of water yeah. from a hose gets knocks out a villain with electrical power <laughs> i know that's a, you'd think that they would come up with something to to stop that you know very simple kind of way to, to to defeat them uh well that makes a lot more sense josh because the last i saw of lulu she was paraphrasing um behind a car with the mum and, and son and i was thinking what the hell point was that like and, and she disappeared yeah. but that missing page explains it all um yeah, righto. Uh, yeah, similar, similar with that. I'm looking at the, the themes. Uh, you've got here themes, obviously. Um, suicide's not the answer here, Josh. Um, it, it was a, one of the, a quick little theme at the beginning, uh, a nice little message. Um, I thought there was a little bit, I don't know if it was a message or not, but looking at the, the people, the mum and the little boy from the fire, there's this thing, I think Chuck Dixon was trying to go somewhere with it, with uh, the little boy being scared of Moon Knight because he's got a mask. He's just like all the other people out there that are damaging and causing fires and stuff. So Moon Knight has to take his mask off and look, I'm just a, I'm just a regular guy. That kind of um, calms down the boy and they can they can escape the burning building. But um, Which was also used in Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, it was, wasn't it? As well, yeah. I was wondering, like that, that seemed familiar. But you're right. Yeah, that's right. But that was off the bridge, right? Wasn't it? And the car, yeah, yeah, going, yeah, 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 yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Um, not much else. No real underlying themes here. Uh, it's just a big um, throwdown between these villains and and yeah, oh, oh, actually, well, 
underlying tones. Um, oh, it's not really, un- it's not like a theme. I was going to talk about Frenchie's um, fate in this. Right. Um, let's just jump to you've got as a reference to other runs, and this does come up later on, doesn't it? Yeah, because so, yeah, so what happens is Killer Shrike uh, basically plows through the moon cop, or doesn't, or he sends it crashing into a building. Sends it crashing, and, yeah, from a, a, a shot of electricity from his hands or something. Right. Yeah. And uh, so that crashes into yeah into a building. A Frenchie is hurt pretty bad, and I think I think he's I don't remember if he no he's not crippled from this. Yeah, I think he I think is, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he is because then he yeah. uses the because then in uh, issue thirty four of Mark Spector, uh, he gets his rematch, and I think he has uh, he has like the roadie. Uh, yeah. Like, uh, the, like braces. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, uh, yeah. With, incidentally, issue thirty-four. That's one of my favorite issues of Mark Spector Moon Knight as well. Uh, it's it's Frenchy centric, and you just see how badass he is as well. Like I always say, it, he's like a he's like a superhero, but he hasn't got a costume. He's he's pretty good. Like I think he's just as good a Merc uh, as Mark Spector as well. Um, and you see, he takes on Killer Shrike, who's for all intents super powered. So um, yeah, so that happens as you mentioned, Josh, in in issue thirty four, uh, a fair way down. So we're talking what? Um, it's another two two years, two years down the track. Yeah, two years exactly. Actually, considering yeah. ten, ten. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, so what else have we got here? Characterization. Um, I don't have much of the characterization here other than what I mentioned before about Moon Knight being um, wary of fighting super-powered beings. Um, was anything else here from the from the cast? Uh, Frenchie, he seemed pretty he seemed pretty on point as well. Um, had a bit more of a role as well. He, he got to use his 20mm cannons. Um, to, oh, to, on, the, on the trucks in the yeah. issue 9, yeah. Oh, issue 9, yeah, sorry, that was issue 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, pretty pretty kick-ass moon jet, um, so that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, any anything else here, uh, Josh? Oh, you mentioned another reference. If we go to references, you mentioned something about the original ringer. Oh, yeah, so they say in here somewhere that, uh, oh, yeah, the, the original ringer was killed by the Scourge. Now, the Scourge... Scourge of the Underworld was a story in Captain America 318 to 320. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, uh, yeah, this guy called the Scourge would go around and would was killing supervillains. Oh, well, wow. Pretty okay. much, like, pretty much, like, the ones that are in in this, where it's, like, Z-level, yeah, like, right. supervillains. Um, and there was one issue, I think it was 319, where he... Uh, Oh, so have you read? If you've read the recent Spider-Man issues, you've mm-hmm. had the uh, the the bar with no name. Yes. Yep. That originally appeared way back when, in you know nineteen eighty nine or ninety, because right. at the bar of no name, I think it was at like a different location. It might have been out outside of the city, but uh, the Scourge he gathers all these you know Z level uh, villains there, like for like a meeting. And mm-hmm. he just guns all of them down. I think Ringer was one of them. Wow, and I th- I yeah. think that might be the Anthony Davies that I mentioned, the original yeah. Ringer. So and Anthony Davies, yep. So, all right, okay. Well, um, now this is really cool. I think I might 
I'm going to try and add all these in the show notes, Josh, these references as well. So if, if you want to catch up on Captain America 318 to 320, Scourge of the Underworld, if you want to check out Frenchie rematching Killer Strike in uh, Mark Spector number 34. Um, and well, yeah, I'm going to get this spreadsheet connected somehow to this uh to this episode josh uh it's a lot there as josh said there's about 60 odd issues to to cover uh if you want to read the whole thing um just refer to josh's um spreadsheet on that very cool all right well we might go to to moon ratings now josh um uh i think we'll just obviously i think we'll just rate the moon Knight ones right as a whole um right, issues yeah. eight nine and ten how we got you know what we got um from that uh what would you give this? And sorry, before we get into that, Moonies, Loonies, everyone, <laughs> uh, we do have a highly convoluted moon rating system uh, ranging from 0 to 10, um, but in the phases of the moon. So 0 being a new moon, a full moon being 10 out of 10, uh, blue moon being very exceptional, um, beyond 10 out of 10, and everything in between. So out of that, Josh, what would you give uh, Moon Knight 8, 9, uh, Mark Spector Moon Knight 8, 9, and 10, Acts of Vengeance? So I... I rated each, I rated the eight and nine together as one and 10 as the other one, added them together and got an average. So I gave, okay. so I rated it eight and nine. I gave about an eight and a half. Okay. And then, uh, and then, um, 10, I would give about six and a half. So 15 by two. So I rate the whole thing as seven and a half. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so a big difference. Um, sorry, was it six and a half? Was it six and a yes. half out of 10? Okay, yeah, okay, yeah I, so, yeah. Yeah, I think just the the randomness of the villains and the boringness of the villains in number 10, I think, really yeah. drags it down. Like I said, I do like his whole interact, Moon Knight's interaction with the civilians. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, over other than that, I don't think it's that good, that good of an issue. I do, I, I prefer 8 and 9 more because yeah. I like, you know, Moon Knight and Punisher teaming up. And one thing we didn't, mention real quick in eight and nine is that um yeah moon knight actually lets flag smasher get killed we assume because uh oh, does down he? On the... yeah does yeah. he he kind of um doesn't he 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 jumps what happens he jumps out of the way or something he he gets out of the boat um yeah but could, yeah, could all, he help they're... could he help uh, flag smasher get out or he I think he could if he wanted to, but I think at that point he just kind of didn't care. And we don't know if he actually did. It's that, it's that standard comic book thing. If you don't see the body, they're not dead. Oh, uh, yeah. So he could have just swam away, you know, got out in time. Yep. Oh, okay, so we, here, I've, I've got it here looking at it. So he, he's being strangled by Flag Smasher, and he gets a crescent dart, cuts his cape off so he can actually... Um, so I took that as him, you know, because he's being, he's being throttled or he's being... Um, is about to get done by flag smashers. I thought that was the last resort. He he cuts his cape and jumps away. Um, but no, you. I mean, look, it's, it's up to interpretation as well. Yeah. It could easily be um, okay. Yeah. So he, he does. Um, when, when you know when the chips are down, when his back is against the wall, he, he'll. It seems in Mark Spector Moon Knight, he'll go for the kill. But it's not like you know he's doing it for the pleasure of it in say which you kind of get the yeah. sense of in say the Charlie Houston run at the beginning right. issue 1 where he's kind of yeah um yeah okay cool cool it's it's that it's that um, I'm going to steal from a, a, a dark knight but uh, <gasps> I, I, it's I, I'm not going to kill you but I don't have to save you it's it's kind of <laughs> what it is i guess oh uh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it, it, 
I know, and I know you mentioned the thing where, um, like Moon Knight, he doesn't kill, but in the issue ten, he says out loud twice that if Frenchie is is dead, yeah. he is going to kill kill or strike. That that's true as well. Absolutely, <laughs> that's true. But that is um, built off his emotion, I guess. Yeah, you know, he's very emotional. Obviously, very close to Frenchie. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you're spot on. Um, so he will go there. And look, at the end of the day, he, he was a merc and he was a soldier. So he did have to deal with that. It's not like, he's not like a, a Joe citizen, um, is never killed before. So right. I'm sure he could easily go back down that path if he needed to. But, um, yeah, again, I think there's a point of difference with, um, yeah, with him and, and the Charlie Houston Moon Knight interpretation, but no, nah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, okay, well, so seven and a half was your was your average mark. Uh, I'd have to agree as well. I'll give it a three-quarter moon, seven and a half. Uh, similar to you, Josh, I didn't do a separate rating, but um, I much enjoyed eight and nine, more so than ten. I enjoyed ten just because of the, the dumb fun. You know, I kind of enjoyed it for different, just because right. it was purely just dumb. I mean, like, Ringer... They're even making fun fun of him and calling him in Ringo, and uh, he's he's not he's not threatening at all. Uh, if anything, Killer Shrike is the most kind of threatening because he's the most aggressive. Uh, yeah. And and the big thing about this one though, uh, number ten is you know what happens to Frenchie. So that kind of you know has a bit of a bearing as well. But eight and nine still by far I think. Um, outweigh issue 10 um but yeah i'll give it a seven and a half all up uh quite enjoyable seven and a half so i mean really did enjoy reading these i remember when i first read them i didn't enjoy them that much um but i don't know rereading them now i find them uh quite enjoyable so so there you go uh loonies um all right well oh look we might just go ahead here um in our Mooney missives, Josh, we've only got one <laughs> that I checked. Uh, it's only a small one as well. So this is from our Facebook group about uh, the Acts of Vengeance. Um, and it's from Jordan. And Looney Jordan says, he loved the Juggernaut versus Thor, one of my favorites. Yeah, Jordan, I couldn't agree with you more. As mentioned, uh, it, was, it was a brilliant um, matchup. Uh, even to the fact what got me going was um, Mjolnir. You know, remember that, Josh, where he actually calls upon the the ultimate force or whatever it is because he can't stop the juggernaut and he actually pushes what does he push the juggernaut back or he actually stops him um in his tracks and uh i remember that do you remember that that was really cool um i'm trying to remember yeah i think he does i think he knocks him back i think he knocks him back so it, it, the, the unstoppable force is actually stopped it was really cool and then another big takeaway from that um juggernaut thought thing i remember um Kitty Pride, she got fooled, I think, by Loki that Thor was the juggernaut. So she actually phases him halfway down the pavement and he actually gets bonded to the pavement. Do you remember that? Uh, I'm sure that's in this one <laughs> because. Okay. Uh, so... Yeah, because yeah, that doesn't happen in this one. In the Acts of Vengeance? Yeah, yeah, yeah because Kitty Pride's not part of the New Warriors. No, okay, maybe not then. Maybe I'm thinking something, but it was it was. Are you sure you're not thinking of the you're not thinking of the movie because that's what happens in the movie. No, 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 that that does, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Oh, look, I'm gonna have to dig it up. No, it's definitely Thor versus um, 
the juggernaut because Thor is um, mistaken for the juggernaut by Kitty Pride, and she she phases him down and then he uses his Mjolnir again and he kind of gets out of it. But he said it was the most painful thing ever because he's literally molecules uh, were bonded with the molecules of the... Anyway, um, uh, a very fun issue. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was also like my first... Uh first uh reading of thor mm-hmm. of like in comic form mm-hmm. and at first because now thor is one of my favorites but at first i'm like because you know how he talks on that old like shakespearean yes. stuff and i'm like yeah. Fuck, this is hard to read <laughs> this is really hard to read but and going yeah. back and rereading it now that i'm a big thor fan um yeah. actually it, it, i'm like oh no i'm like i'm so used to this now it doesn't bother me at all <laughs> <laughs> well um, what do you what are your thoughts on um the 90s eric masterson thor uh well I actually haven't read too much okay. I've read sort of up to like when he took over like because yep. he was he was a supporting character like yep. up until uh and, th- and then he actually became Thor well then uh then he sort of became the embodiment for Thor but then at one point Thor basically became unworthy and then Eric Masterson himself just became Thor just by himself right but I haven't really read much of that I've only really read up until the point where um i like i like i when i started reading like the next set of thor i started reading uh eric is back to be as uh, being thunderstrike ah uh, right yes uh, so yes yeah, so i haven't really read that much of him of eric masterson as just thor oh okay yeah yeah no worries it's only because um because his version of thor he he doesn't speak the old english you know he's very much your modern day guy, but he looks like Thor and all that. And, uh, right. uh, yeah, that was in the event. I've only read him through the Avengers, um, comics. So you see it through operation galactic storm and a bit before that as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. uh, uh, and real quick there, there actually yeah. is another piece of feedback on the, Oh, is it just okay. on your, on, on your, on the podcast, Facebook page. This is from, sure. from our friend, Noel Tate. He said ah. that, all I know is that the cemented Chuck Dixon's obsession with Punisher and trying to squeeze him into anything he worked on for me. It's uh-huh. honestly annoying. I could give or take his whole Moon Knight run. Axe of Vengeance was a pretty fun event overall, but the Moon Knight arc has led me kind of eh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, in, in, since I read all of them, uh, Moon Knight, or no, sorry, not Moon Knight, Punisher and... The Moon Knight issues, that's the best Punisher story out of the ones that are... Oh, wow. Are to- ...than the actual ones. Because yeah. the... Uh, you mentioned before there's a Punisher and Doom one. Yep. That is probably the worst Axe of Vengeance story. In my really? Opinion. Yeah, okay. because it's not what you think it is. Because he goes... Punisher go Like, he goes to Latveria. Because he knows Doctor Doom is involved, and he goes to Latveria. And he's like... He sneaks into the castle, which is cool. But then he's sort of captured... But then oh. Doc, we're like, Doctor doesn't kill him immediately, and they're sitting down eating dinner and stuff. And it's oh. like, what? But then you wouldn't know this unless you read the Fantastic Four comics from, like, I don't know, like five, six, seven years prior. But there is another Doctor Doom. Oh. Well, just a, a Doom bot. Oh. No, it's not a Doom bot. It's oh. this, like, this kid has, like, I don't even remember. It's so it's so wacky and so stupid. <laughs> But like, but but the bottom line is Punisher and, the, and Doom they don't even really fight. It's he goes yeah. there 
he spends a weekend at Doom's place and then goes back, and that's pretty much it. Oh wow! Because oh, originally on the on my spreadsheet, like I have on there, like basically like the outcome of the story. Yeah. Usually, it's just yeah, like X villain is defeated, or, or if something big happens, like the Hydra base gets destroyed. I have that written there. Originally yeah. on uh, on the result for that one, I literally wrote nothing happens <laughs> because nothing <laughs> nothing really happens at all. Oh god. It was that was that written by Chuck Dixon or Mike Barron or uh, Mike Barron? I, I oh, believe. Mike Barron. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I've got to ask um, fellow collective member Dave, Dave from Signal of Doom, big Punisher fan. I wonder what he thinks of the Axe of Vengeance. <laughs> that'd be uh, that'd be pretty cool. But actually, that's a really good um, segue as well, Josh. Uh, our and thank you, Noel, as well for the, for that feedback. Awesome, awesome to um. To hear, yeah, and Chuck Dixon, he does love his Punisher, so uh, no, no surprises that he turned up. But I think I'm very happy that he did because um, I don't know, I like Punisher Moon Knight team up, so I think they're really good. Um, anyway, good, yeah, exactly. So uh, and good segue here, Josh, because next phase. Speaking of the Punisher, um, we have got another new comic book review. So for our Lunapic. Um, we'll be looking at Punisher 15 by Matt Rosenberg, and I believe it's still done by Simon Kudransky on art, and uh, this was alluded to in Punisher 14. There's a massive team-up, including Moon Knight, our boy, Night Thrasher, as Josh mentioned, Ghost Rider, Black Widow, it's got it all, uh, and Punisher. So this should be a real cracker of a read, and we're going to uh, we're gonna review it. So again, the Punisher ambushes our show again, um, but this should be this should be a good one, um, Josh. Any uh, any final words? Um, where can can people contact you any if they want to uh, discuss further um, anything with acts of vengeance or or any or panels oh. of war? Yeah, uh, well, I I did make uh, an email for panels of war. It's just panels of war at gmail dot com. Excellent. Um, or they can just, they can just message me on Facebook. Like I said, I'm in the group a lot mm-hmm. and. Uh, I just do that, or if you want to tweet at me, uh, God, I'm so embarrassed by this, but uh, <laughs> my, tw- my, my Twitter handle is instantbadass12. At, uh, yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, so if anyone, wants to, if anyone wants to contact me about yeah, either that or if you want to have any Acts of Vengeance questions, feel free. Yep. And uh, just a lesson there, loonies, as well. Just um, be sure you pick a handle on Twitter that will not come back and bite you in the mouth. Well, that's because because that, that's a that's like my username for everything because yeah. I, that because like, I started using that back when I was like in high school and that's where yeah. like I came up with it. Like it was originally something about my English teacher tenth grade said. So I'm like, oh, that's so badass. I'm going to use that for everything. But now I'm just stuck with it for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was, exactly. Even though yeah, I came up with that I was 15. Now I'm 26 and still using it for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> The legacy, it continues. Yeah. Um, now, nah, Josh, it's been a real pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much again for coming on to the show uh, and for sharing Acts of Vengeance. It's a, it's a massive event. I hope we've done it justice as well. And uh, and I'm, I know we've really kind of nitpicked the, the Moon Knight issues, but it's been great chatting with you. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, and like uh, Josh said, just hit him up in our ITK group. Um, and you can, um, you know, 
drop us a line if you'd like as well. So uh, you can find Josh on our Facebook group. That's at facebook.com slash group slash ITK Moonlight. Uh, it's a really fun group. It's grown exponentially ever since the TV announcement. So it's really fun to, to meet new loonies. Uh, you can also drop us an email at itkmoonlight at gmail.com. We have a website, intothenightpodcast.wordpress.com. We also have a Libsyn one as well, intothenight.libsyn.com, uh, and that will have all our episodes and all our episode summaries, our newsletters, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we've got a Facebook page as well. That's like the front end of, of um, our podcast, facebook.com slash itkmoonnight. That's open to the public. Um, our group is closed, but, you know, if you... Um, just have a little geese at our rules and uh, and and all that. You can easily enter our group. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Also, our Twitter is our handle is at itk moon night, and we're on Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. Just search for Into the Night, a Moon Night podcast. Uh, iTunes ratings. If you felt that you know we'd, we've done a good job with Acts of Vengeance, um, and you'd like to hear more, please leave us a preferably a five-star review it just helps us get out there a bit more um to kind of get to the forefront of a lot of search engines and all that sort of pizzazz uh and if you know if you didn't like what you hear just let us know what we can do to improve the show as well we're always amenable to improving and trying out new things uh also finally we're on all good podcast catches so whatever takes your fancy uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. I'd like to also mention Podcoin. We're on that as well, so you can actually earn rewards uh, for listening to podcasts that you like. Um, so I'm on that as well, eagerly waiting to get enough points so I can uh, get a gift card for, for Amazon, which is one of the things that you can get. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm cheap ass, Josh. So any any which way I can get my comics, <laughs> be good. Uh, once again, Josh, uh, big thanks. Uh, cheers. And, um, yeah, best of luck with the podcast, Panels of War. I look forward to it. Um, yeah, we're going to have a word after this show uh, just about the ins and outs of it. But, yeah, good to hear that it's, it's up there. It's getting there. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty fun to actually record. Editing sucks, but... <laughs> <laughs> really? But, uh, but, um, yeah, yeah I, it's not that bad just because if, I'm sure people can hear in this episode and all my subsequent I, I do a lot of ums and ahs like ah. every, every single time i talk i say um i can't help it oh, so I, don't... I figure every time i have to go through and cut all of them out i'm like jesus just stop oh, doing it <laughs> you don't you don't have to believe me and you know you you probably pick them up a lot more because you're a lot more critical of yourself than others I, I wouldn't i wouldn't be too worried i think you do absolutely fine uh there are so many words i repeatedly use as well so <laughs> you know it's just yeah anyway um no big thanks once again well anyway loonies we are out of here i'm gonna edit this together and i'm gonna uh, upload it out for your listening pleasure as always may conchu watch over the denizens of the night catch you later see you guys Moonlight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.